I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Well, welcome back to another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast after the rep standalone weekend. I don't know what everyone out there was thinking about it, but for me, the highlights were everything bar the city country game. First half of the Oz versus New Zealand game, very good. Second half, pretty typical. The Aussies, too much class, one little purple patch there. Four tries in 10 minutes, game over. 20s origin, always good to see the new talent on show. Tonga and Samoa, plenty of passion. City country, though, they really, really messed up with $50 ticket prices. Need to bring it down, need to open their gates up, fill up the country grounds. But moving on from those, just a bit of news to kick things off. Todd Greenberg and Jim Doyle, obviously, today have been named to help Smith, David Smith, that is the CEO, who's under growing pressure, copying sprays left, right and centre after the weekend's uh, actions with the $50 ticket prices and obviously taking over as the head of the game and not being seen at all. I think Greenberg, a great move, same as Doyle, former head of New Zealand Rugby League, and Greenberg really knowing the game back to front as Smith doesn't being a banker and barely knowing a thing about it. I think these are two good appointments, and eventually I probably think that Todd Greenberg will usurp his spot and take over. But moving on to the games for this week, some big returns. SBW being named to return for the Anzac Clash with the Dragons. That's very important for them. Hopefully fit, firing, healthy, and ready to go. Greg Inglis has been named despite a hip injury, whether that's uh, played up or whether he was completely healthy and good to go is yet to be seen, but the proof will be on Friday night when they take on the Seagulls in a tough game. Todd Carney also named to return, and those four rep players from them on the weekend in the City game and the, the test fixtures obviously stood out very well and looked very revived being outside of Cronulla, so hopefully they spark up this week against the Doggies, but... In the flip side of that, players who are out for this weekend, unfortunately for the Warriors, they're heading down to undefeated Melbourne for the Anzac Day Clash without Manu Vardavai, Simon Mannering and Dane Nielsen. So a very uphill battle before they've even got themselves on the field and I think it may be a very long night for the likes of the Warriors players. In big news, as we just mentioned, Melbourne, obviously the departure of Gareth Widop, who's leaving to go to the Dragons on a four-year deal. Uh, 2.2 is the reported amount, and obviously Melbourne coming out today saying the priority is to re-sign the trio of youngsters in Matt Duffy, Justin O'Neill, and Will Chambers, all in their early 20s. They weren't willing to pay that kind of money to keep Widop. They've got a couple of young halves, and obviously with the big three, they will look to manufacture one of their young kids in there, or if not, Brett Finch signed on the cheap. Probably not a bad option, but what happens there, we'll wait and see. Well, we've got massive news from the Parramatta Eels. Gareth Hawke and Lee Mossop sign on two-year deals each. 
so reportedly for big, big money. So I really hope for Parramatta fans and for the sake of these two blokes, they come out and deliver because plenty of pressure moving to a club that has not had great results over the past few years. Another four-year signing that we all know about and a lot of Panthers fans have had their arms up in awe, but don't worry, guys. It's better than what you've got at the moment. Jamie Soward, four-year deal to Penrith. Gus Gould, absolutely thrilled, especially about his kicking game and ability to wrap games up. He's been on a bit of a hot run the last three weeks, so hopefully he brings that out to the West and they can start to improve. The Gold Coast Titans have ruled out this week a $1 million crazy, audacious bid for Israel Folau, saying that they're going to back their youth and put strategies in place for recruitment. Uh, They've also come out and made a big statement saying that they think with what they've got in place, they could win a title by the end of 2015. So for my brother's sake and for all the Titans out there, I really hope that's the truth. Fui Fui Moi Moi has got a one-game ban, which would have been two if he appealed the shoulder charge in the Samoa Tonga fixture, but smart by him. Cop that one on the chin and move on one week. Big loss for them in a game against Penrith. His go forward shall be sorely missed. Uh, the Tigers, West Tigers, have been sniffing around Martin Kennedy, the big young front rower from the Roosters, who a couple of years ago was tipped up for origin honours, but obviously now wanting to start. And they've got Sam Moe and Jared Ray Hargroves going great guns in an awesome forward pack. So wait and see what happens there. But the Tigers are sniffing around short on big men at the moment. And Jason Rolls, another big man, set to retire at the end of the year from the Melbourne Storm. Says he holds no regrets and he's not going to be counting his games. He's just going to get through and do his job. And Laurie Daly, even after the City Country fixture and looking at what Adam Reynolds dished up, has come out and said that Pierce is still his seven. He has no qualms about that situation. And from the way he played on the weekend, I think he still has a chance to be a six. Maloney didn't really pull his weight, but at the same time, you'd have to think if Pierce is going to be the halfback, They're going to give him his club partner in Maloney. But that's all we have for the news this week. So jumping straight into the podcast, let's get into this week's Fast Five. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com all right, getting into this week's Fast Five, the highlight, low light, best and worst players, and obviously the question of the week. Starting off with the highlight, for me, it had to have been the war dancers at the Tonga Samoa game. Absolutely dynamite atmosphere. Yeah, well, mine was just test match footy in general. I thought the uh, the Australia-New Zealand game for the first half on uh, Friday night was excellent. It was um, gripping, but you know, obviously Australia ran away with it in the last 20 minutes, which is uh, probably what everyone expected. The Tonga Samoa game, that uh, plenty of enthusiasm, uh, plenty of spark in it for the first, uh, you know, first half of that game at least. Um, but it ended up obviously again with Tonga run, running away with it in the second half. But um, Test match footy, it was good. I'm a bit of a traditionalist like that. Yeah, well, low light of the week for me, pretty obvious. The crowd at City Country, yep, NRL definitely stuffed up there. Ticket costs way too much. They were whinging today that they would have to pay. They paid for grandstands and, you know, it all costs and they're losing money. Well, stop whinging. You're only going to take one game out there, lose a bit of money. You want to help the country, you know, suck it up. They should just open the gates when they take that game out. They should just be free to get in, Um, especially with how much they slug you for the food. You can't tell me that they're not making a profit on the game. Uh, My my low light was exactly the same. Yeah, we're moving on to best player of the week for me. Uh, picked out of all those fixtures, had to be Ryan Hoffman for City. He was absolutely outstanding. He 
had a 200 metre game, absolutely gargantuan line break, three offloads. He, he was epic. Yeah, I uh, I didn't want to go the same as you, but obviously um, I did. Ryan Hoffman, he must play Origin on the back of that performance. Probably should have played Origin um, last year. If, if we were the coach last year, we would have had him in. Uh, notable mention, uh, I thought Kieran Foran was really good in his captaincy of New Zealand on Friday night. I, I thought they got some, some rough calls in the first half, but he, he deal with them, uh, dealt with them really well. So I'll give him a, a minor uh, pat on the back. Yeah, well, worst of the week for me, I couldn't really pick a player. I thought it was a pretty dour game, the old city country. But worst for me was Samoa. fifty favourites, burned plenty of people on the tab. And uh, yeah, they got absolutely belted by Tonga, who take nothing away there. Young under twenty staffs in Semasoni Langi and Blake Foster were quite outstanding, so good on them. Yeah, my there was a dunce play of the weekend for me. That was Billy Slater right on half time, not just catching the ball and batting it dead. He decided to watch it um, and watch a New Zealand player score. I also thought coming out of that game there was a video ref decision where New Zealand um, were penalised for Jason Nightingale tackling Justin Hodges off the ball, which I thought was a dunce decision. So uh, it'll go to the video ref and Billy Slater. Yeah, well, the video ref definitely should have got that call right. Play the error first. Moving on to last week's question of the week, it was obviously, do you think the annual city versus country clash is still a relevant fixture with the season schedule? We've had votes cast on that one. Very good feedback as well, so thanks a lot for that. But 26 say yes, it's still relevant. 28 no, and uh, like I said, plenty of really good feedback. But moving on to this week's question... Yeah, this week's question. After watching the New South Wales players uh, partake in both the Tests and the City vs Country game and take into, into account those who are unavailable, can the Blues finally end Queensland's reign on State of Origin? So that'll be a yes or no answer. If you think they can uh, win the series this year, the Blues tick yes, or if you think the Queenslanders will uh, take it out again, obviously no. Uh, and then in the comments box, list your 17 players. So we want your players in positions um, tell us who you would pick if you were coaching the side. And then on ne- next week's show, we're going to name both of our starting 17s for Game 1 for the Blues. Yeah, well, on that, if you don't feel like leaving your 17, if you just want to make a comment, feel free as well. But obviously, get onto that. Uh, like I said, big wrap for last week's effort. Over 50 votes. Very good. That will be posted up on the page and also linked to Mr Gossip. So make sure you get in this week and uh, chuck your hands up and let us know. That's this week's Fast Five. Now we'll get into the reviews of the couple of rep fixtures from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store, or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Alrighty then, jumping into the fixtures from the weekend. The rep game started on Friday night with the Australians obviously taking on the Kiwis in the Anzac Test match down in Canberra for the first time ever and a 32-12 blowout in the end. Uh, six all at half time was quite a gripping contest but a 10 minute rush in the second half that resulted in four tries as usual. Uh, Australia just getting the job done. Uh, a few small things to take out of that one for me were the video ref. I thought he was uh, pretty atrocious. And also, just Australia, I, I really thought that the halves in particular didn't look like they were gelling together, which is surprising, seeing as though the, the Queensland halves. Yeah, I'd, also I'd throw into that Billy Slater. I thought he was fairly poor on the night. Darius Boyd didn't really impress me. Brett Morris had a shocker. 
uh, and they still managed to win by 20 points. So, um, again, we, we probably expressed this last week that we thought that they, they'd pick some players that were out of form and they probably got shown up in that first half. Australia were very lucky not to go in at least 12 points down. Kiwis had three tries disallowed uh, and then they probably had enough ball to score you know, two or three more. So it could have easily been, um, you know, a, a, a heavy scoreline against Australia at half time. But that's what good sides do. They defended their line well, and um, second half they uh, managed to hold onto a little bit more of the pill and uh, scored enough tries and, and put enough points on to win the game. Yeah, well, the key stat, all of it was pretty much dead even. The Aussies uh, outdid in the metres, which kind of surprised me. That the Kiwis do have a big pack, but the only real stat. It stood out for me was the line breaks were six to one, and, and that shows on the the score line at the end. Well, that was the difference. Yeah, exactly. well, New Zealand had a more offloads, double the amount of offloads, but obviously not penetrating the line. Uh, I, I kind of think that Mannering getting pulled out just before the game kicked off obviously wasn't what they were after. But uh, you definitely see Kieran Foran step up. I think in that game, I know they didn't get the result, but if you watch that back, you look at his touches, you look at his contributions, he definitely took uh, red-hot control of that side and had a, a good go. Yeah, I think he, he was heads and heads uh, and tails above you know the rest of the players in uh, in the New Zealand side. I thought he was you know almost close to best player on ground. Um, Cameron Smith obviously got the man of the match award. He's just the little things, little one percenters that he does that you don't uh, notice. He just grinds away, and um, he was a major player in uh, in breaking that game out for Australia in the last sort of half an hour of the of the fixture. Yeah, well, I was kind of disappointed in Jared Rea. I didn't think he was as good as what he has been at club, but uh, very impressed with Jesse Bromwich and Ben Madalino, both mm-hmm. of those blokes, 150 metres and 130 respectively, 15 runs apiece and five offloads between them. They definitely put a dent in it, but just not enough all-round contribution from the, the, the Kiwis and... Uh, once again, a couple of out-of-form players such as Sean Kenny Dow and that in the back line that didn't really show up. I, I kind of thought the only one of them who really looked dangerous and was rewarded for his enthusiasm was Josh Hoffman on half-time of the try. Yeah, he was good, Josh Hoffman. I thought Alex Glenn and Toho Harris were good as well. Um, we said last week that we would have liked to have seen Harris get a start. and turns out with, unfortunately, Mannering getting injured, obviously, it, it brought Harris in. So, um, But from the Australian side of things, I thought their bench was probably their best... Um, Best attribute on the night. Luke Lewis yeah. played well. Nate Miles had an effect on the game. And Anthony Watmow, he, he looks fit. Um, he looks injury-free. Uh, and that's a good sign for New South Wales. I was going to say, in particular, Lewis and Watmow, both of them only played 30 minutes. They both made 90 metres apiece. Four tackle breaks to Lewis. Two tackle breaks to Watmow. Lewis scored a try. Like, for, for 30 minutes, that's a great impact on the game, considering, you know, all around for the rest of them. The only one who really made an effect on the game was Paul Gallen, who, as always, uh, just absolutely massive in this game. He had two line-break assists and a try assist. He he was outstanding on the night. For me, uh, if Cameron Smith, you know, he does all that stuff off the ball, but I really thought Paul Gallen was the best player on field. Yeah, and for New South Wales, I think he's got to play prop on that performance the other night. He has to play prop for us, and um, our strength is going to be our depth in the back row with, you know, your Lewis, your Watmau, um, Merrin and these guys, so I think we need to push Gallon up, play him at prop, and um, bring you know as many of these talented back rowers in. Hoffman was another one that we mentioned earlier, um, and make sure we've got as many of those blokes on the field as, as we possibly can, because that's going to be um, that's our strength. So we need to play to our strengths. You know, the one funny thing we both say that you know the back line kind of looked out of sorts and the halves weren't that great, but still both wingers and both centres scored tries mm. and then you get try assist oh, and the halfback in Cronk, obviously. So five out of the seven players scored 
and the other two who didn't, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, both got tri-assists. So mm-hmm. even on a bad night, it shows the amount of firepower that Australia does have in their back line. All seven players have an effect on the scoreboard. Was, where do you uh, see Thurston's form at the moment? Thurston's form, I think, is pretty ordinary. I don't know if it's he's trying too hard or whether he's, he's slowed down a little bit. That's mainly what I'm looking at. He used to be a lot more effective on the run. He used to slide through, um, you know, square sides up a lot more. But that, that's the biggest thing for me. Jonathan Thurston, of a couple of years ago, could pretty much go through the line whenever he felt like it or put someone through a hole. He just doesn't seem to kind of have that effect at the moment. I don't mm-hmm. know whether it's just being a bit out of sorts or if he, he's slowing down a, a niche. You know, he has been playing... A lot of people forget for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Has had some injuries and has obviously carried North Queensland. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, his form sort of translates into the where the Cowboys sit on the table, I guess. And he's um, he's usually a, a really big player for the, uh, the Kangaroos. Well, that's why I'm he's asking the question. Big yeah. games, you know? That's why I'm asking the question. I thought first half, we really missed his impact. Um, second half, I thought Smith and Cronk really kicked it up a gear. And, and obviously the Kiwis fatigued, which um, is often the case in these one-off tests. Yeah, well, the only other thing to take out of that that disappointed me was the quick start, you know. Six minutes in, Cronk to Scott, back to Cronk, you think they're going to blow him away. Mm. They kind of get a bit lackadaisical, let a poor 40-20 in, a couple of repeat sets. Mind you, they deed up for most of the half and did the job, but conceded at the end. And the second half, it was just one purple patch, as always. Whenever the Aussies seem to put their foot down, they just get the job done. So, yeah. Uh, all around, we've already wrapped a few players. Probably the only other ones to give a mention to, Bird and Timeau, I thought, as always. you know, Plenty of metres, plenty of involvement. Greg Bird and uh, Paul Garner looked like they enjoyed playing together as they used to at the Sharks. So, uh, Taken out of that one, though, no Benji Marshall, no Sonny Bill Williams, no Simon Mannering. I think they're going to come good when it comes to the World Cup. And unlike Australia, we've got a lot of players that play together, state of origin and at club, I think the Kiwis are always better, as has been mentioned by a lot of the commentators in tournaments where they get a bit of time to play together in gel. Well, do you think Benji Marshall is their best option in the halves? Well, for me, I like Foran to be the controlling one, and I think Benji's going to get picked regardless of what you say or what kind of form he's in, but I, I kind of look forward to uh, Johnson and Foran playing together, but Johnson's not exactly in great form, so... Him and Benji Marshall, depending right, on how they're going. I think Marshall's not in great form either. I, for oh, me, neither. I thought I thought they looked better without Marshall there. That's just me. So yeah, well, I, I agree, but I still think at the end of the year it's going to be yeah. Probably be Benji's going to get the favour, and I still think though him and Johnson are both in poor form, and, and Foran's obviously in great form, which translated the other night. But uh, moving on from that game, obviously we had the Saturday night Test match between Tonga and Samoa, and the under twenties Origin. Start off with Tonga and Samoa. Not going to touch too much on this game, but we'll get into it. Tonga 36 to a heavily favoured Samoa before kickoff four. Uh, main reasons for that, the the packs and the back lines were both fairly even as far as NRL experience was concerned, but a lot of people lent towards Samoa purely off the halves playing in NRL. So Carlos Tumavave, who hasn't played a game this year, he's been injured, only played four NRL games, and Ben Roberts, well, we don't need to say too much there. He comes off the bench for Parramatta. He's played over 100 games and he hasn't established himself, and Quite frankly, uh, number one was Semasoni Lengi, the under-20s player for the Roosters for Tonga, who scored two tries, kicked four goals, and showed both of them up. I thought he really put a stamp the other night on that game and showed that he's definitely an NRL prospect long-term. There were two players. Um, Semasoni... How do you say it? Semasoni Lengi. Um, he was the one for me. I was ultra-impressed with him, and um, based on what he produced the other night, don't be surprised uh, to see him in in first grade at the Roosters uh, in the not-too-distant future. 
And the other one was Jason Taumalolo. Where has that form been for the Cowboys? Oh. He was ripping in, running hard, yeah. ultra-aggressive. Like, if he bought that every week in the, in, uh, in the NRL, um, he'd be up there with the top, you know, you know, five to ten back rolls in the game. He was he was sensational. They were. I was about to say the same thing about Fui Fui Moi Moi. Where those carries been all year? Yeah. He, he looked inspired the other night. And you know who Tamalolo kind of gave me reference to a few years ago, being a Melbourne supporter. Adam Blees to come back and distinctly join up, as far as I was concerned. But whenever he put a Kiwi jersey on, mm, he used it. to tear people's heads off. Get me out of the match awards. He was just an animal. So. I uh, thought Sigamano again was great. He's been yeah, flying and, under the radar at Penrith because they, they haven't been going real well. But he's probably been their best player this year, and uh, it, you know Anthony, he was again great. Anthony Tupo as well. I, I thought yep. their back row that in particular, Tamalo Tupo on the edges, Manu, Moime, uh, you know uh, Brent Kite led from the front. Uh, Sia Tonga Licky Licky, a bloke who had lots of potential, had some injuries, and he's at the Knights. You know he got a double. Maher from Melbourne got a double. And a young bloke, I told you, I thought would have got some first-grade time with friend out at the Warriors. So, believe Harvili, a really strong dummy half. I thought he was solid as well. So, Looking back, I can't believe I tipped aside that had Ben Roberts at halfback. I think we should all regret that. But uh, just in particular, I couldn't believe how well the, the young halves played. You know, Foster, uh, Penrith half, of course. Not as much of a standout as Lange, who was just went gangbusters. But... Mm. In particular, I thought both of them really controlled the game really well. I still think uh, Fisher he's underrated as well. He, yeah. um, if I was an NRL club, I'd be looking to pick him up. He's, he he can't land a regular first-grade spot at the Warriors, so it's either... I don't know why he hasn't left the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that he just wants to stay at home, but um, if I was an NRL club looking for a, for a full-back, um, he'd be the first bloke I'd, uh, I'd be picking the phone up and, uh, and ringing. Well, I'll tell you what, the Bulldogs traded Sam Perrett, I mean, uh, the Roosters, sorry, traded Sam Perrett and his brother Lloyd mm. uh, for Samasoni Lange. So I think the Roosters well, that's paid recruitment off, manager, high fives to you, Peter O'Sullivan, as usual, got a really good deal there. Perrett's an older bloke, he's a winger. Roosters have got a surplus. They kind of didn't really regret that. And Lloyd, he played in the Queensland side for the Origin under-20s, but, you know... I no, he didn't, he didn't look... I don't really think there's anything they've lost out. But you look at Lange on the weekend, for a side that contains... The players such as Pierce and Maloney to have Lange as a backup—that's just outstanding. That's that's great work by Peter O'Sullivan. So, uh, moving on from that fixture, Samoa—you know—you can't really mention too much. The halves are disappointing. Forwards were trampled, and just all around they were fairly disappointing. Look forward to watching both those sides in the World Cup, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the World Cup. It was a nice little taste test, and hopefully they land in the same pool as one another, and we can see uh, a game, you know, of similar standard and similar. Um, you know, intensity is what we did the other night. Mm. And the fixture before that was obviously the under-20s, New South Wales versus Queensland, a 36-12 to 12 drubbing dished out by New South Wales. Good to see that Blue is actually winning something. They're two in a row out of the two fixtures. Uh, it was 12-8 at half time, but 28 unanswered points in the second half. And yeah. New South Wales absolutely blew that game apart. Um, I think it comes down to one minor thing. I'm not going to put it all on that, but they did have four NRL players in their side. Queensland boasting none. They had Kalepi Tanganoa via Tutai, obviously, in their side. You know, you, when you've got players that have already been to the NRL, they come back down. Dave Clemmer, they, they, they look like men with it amongst boys, that's for sure. Yeah, I thought Kalepi was, was really good, Tanganoa. Uh, a young bloke I had a little bit to do with at Penrith Panthers, who's now moved on to the Melbourne Storm, Matty Lodge. He was sensational. He um, had some great carries, great impact. We were actually we actually said when we were watching the game that we were surprised how long he stayed off the field for in between stints. 
Um, he came on it and laid on an offload for a try. Um, I'm not going to, you know, give him too much love, obviously, because he's left the Panthers now and he's down in Melbourne. But you're going to love it. He's a Melbourne um, fan. Seven years Michael Leisha, he looked impressive. I know you said he's, he's only just come back from an injury, but for Cronulla fans, and that's something that I said at the start of the year when I previewed Cronulla that. Um, they need a nine, and God, this kid—he looks good. Um, yeah. I don't know whether he's ready for NRL yet, but give him, you know, the rest of this year, and then an off season with the NRL side. I think he could be, uh, you know, ready to yeah. go no, next year. No NRL, sure. no NRL preseason. Just back in the twenties no. now, and that's why I think still eligible. You know, the, yeah. he. I'm telling you, last year when he's at full health, he stood head and shoulders above. He ran a lot more, yeah, a lot more sharp out of dummy half. But he's had a long layoff. I still yeah. think he's going to be up to the standard once he gets some time under his belt. Yeah, well, I think lay off him, just give him the year, um, let him get over his injury. But uh, he's, yeah, definitely, definitely a player of the future for Sharks fans. Uh, other than that, Mitch Cornish, he got man of the match. I, I didn't think Two he was tries, man of the match, but yeah. I thought, as I said, Leisha, Lodge, they were both good. Tanganoa was great. Uh, Dylan Walker was good. Yes. Georgie Jennings was good. And the kicking game of young Luke Brooks from yeah. the Tigers. He, nah, he played well. Luke, Luke Brooks is from the Dragons. Tigers. Tigers? Tigers. He's six. He's from the Dragons. No, he's from the Tigers. Well, I don't know why he kept saying the Dragons on the team. He's a Muppet. Santi was the one that they were getting wrong. He's the one who's from the the Tigers. He's from the Tigers as well. But uh, the the one for me, Dylan Walker, I was just going to bring back up. He he played the NRL trial. He scored a try in the Charity Shield. A lot of people don't know who he is. He just would have had a glance at that and thought nothing. Played 5-8 the first few weeks. Absolutely destroyed the under-20s. Is now partnering Luke Keary which is just ridiculous because they've got Sutton, Reynolds, Keary, and now Walker, who mm. played centre in a rep fixture and absolutely tore the game apart. So for South fans, you should be very excited about him. And I'll tell you what, if from another club, I know Keary's had a lot of interest, but I'm, I'm trying to poach both those players. Mm. If I'm looking for a young half right now, I think they both have big futures in the game. Well, I thought Queensland were outclassed. Mm. Like, it just looked like they were hanging on the whole game. And... Um, but obviously, oh, I thought Kurt Mann, the fullback, he was very, very good. Um, put him on the other side for New South Wales. He would have been a real match breaker. Uh, Anthony Milford, obviously, he's got class written all over him. I think his biggest problem is he gets thrown around from position to position. So mm-hmm. um, he played halfback in this game. Um, he's obviously played a, a couple of other positions, fullback, utility, um, in the Raiders in both NRL and the 20s. But um, he was a real shining light for them. Uh, there were a couple of other blokes. I mean, Moses and Bai. Uh, he had some nice touches, but obviously for the majority of this game, they were tackling and standing behind the post because New South Wales just outclassed them across the field. But um, if you're a Queensland fan, there's plenty of good young players there to, that are going to push their way through. So, um, And obviously for New South Wales, it's about transferring this dominance in 20s and now having that come through in um, at an NRL level. Yeah, well, I think the only players I really had for Queensland were much the same. Milford obviously not really helped out by the fact that the Fords didn't really do the job. I thought that's where the game was won, very obviously, for New South Wales. The only Ford who seemed to get any punch for Queensland is a bloke who hasn't even played 20s yet. And for Canberra fans, they'd be pretty excited by young Luke Bateman, picked without even playing by Dunaman, who obviously was the 20s coach last year, so he's seen something in him, obviously. Uh, Caleb Timu, big rap at the Broncos. I thought he was probably the only other one who looked like he had any punch, so let down by their Fords. Mbai, solid. Milford, solid. And Man, solid. But for those who are New South Wales fans, Cornish for the Raiders, Leisha for the Sharks, Walker for the Rabbits, Lodge from the Storm, and obviously Clemmer and Tanganoa, everyone's already seen for Doggies fans. So they're the couple of standouts for me in that fixture. But uh, the most important 
of the weekend or the biggest flop of the weekend, unfortunately, City Country, <laughs> the supposed New South Wales trial where Laurie Daly's already got 13 <laughs> players picked out. Yeah. Which is uh, an origin trial for four spots, mm. and uh, obviously that one went down. With... And the, and probably the form player isn't going to get picked in Adam mm. Reynolds. So what a joke! Yeah, well, eighteen twelve country got the job done. Uh, even this fixture, I don't know if it was just the atmosphere or if it was me. It felt like a ghost town, to be honest. It was. Uh... It has that feel every year, City Country. Yeah, it just doesn't. When that, there's when... probably a lot of players there that know they're not going to play Origin, and they go, "Oh, I'm happy to wear a rep jersey. We'll jog around." And then you've got the players that. Um, are a chance of playing Origin that are going fairly hard, but it just seems like there's a difference in, um, you know, the reasons why the players are out on the field. I mean, George Tafua, he's not going to play Origin. Joel Reddy's not going to play Origin. James Tedesco's not going to play Origin. Curtis Sirenen's not going to play Origin. Mm. They're all just happy to, to, to get a run, and so they should be. I, if I was in their position, I'd be feeling exactly the same way, but they're not up to the class of, you know, your Adam Reynolds or um, your Manor or, your you know, your Ryan Hoffman, these guys that are origin ready um, and could have a massive effect on an origin game. Yeah, well, I looked at all the numbers for it and after watching it, it was a dead-even game. The first half yeah. was just a bloody hit-up contest. There was nothing else doing. Uh, the difference in the end for me was Uato. He, he was great. scored yeah. a try, really good on his returns, and then obviously he carted himself all the way across the field through a lovely weighted pass to his teammate and James McManus. He pretty much set that up for me. I thought that Maloney really didn't take his opportunity when he had it. Uh, I don't know whether it was just because he was out of his system there at the Roosters, but you can see the, the qualities he offers, obviously. He pushed up in support and got a, a nice offload given to him, and he, he kicks well. Goals were nice, but, you know, McCrone for them scored a try, got a try assist. He was probably actually more dominant yeah. than Maloney in that game, which is quite surprising. But Well, let's let's go through some names. Nathan Merritt, will he play Origin? I wouldn't pick him purely because no. of his dummy half no. work. I'd prefer, I agree. I'd prefer a Mick Manus, even though he's not... As noted, a try scorer He's just going to be for that dirty. that dirty work and yep. Yuwado for that dirty work. Um, Jennings, we both probably agree he'll be in the side. He made four errors though, um, and he had 140 meters, but one of those is off a big. Yeah, break. but I mean, who you else are you going to pick? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Tedesco is not going to play Origin. Ready, no. no. Tafua, no. Sirenen, no. Reynolds, he should be picked. We both agree on that. Yeah, he, he was, was probably he was their best player. Um, Timmy Grant, no. It, it was, was probably his best performance of the year, but. I wouldn't pick I, him. I don't know. I don't know what Laurie Daly's thinking. I wouldn't pick him. You wouldn't pick him. So we'll move on. They want to talk about trying to beat them in specialist front rowers. You're not going to. No, They've got not. the two. That's why Gallon has to push up. Yeah, Simple cool. as that. But I'll tell you what, if there's two blokes who definitely gave him a headache in general, alongside Woods, who I think should be a shoe-in for a front row spot. But if you wanted to have a bench front row, Tim Manor this year, I know he's got a lot. No, he's been playing well. A lot of uh, inspiration, obviously, from his brother's situation. But 150 metres, had a huge game. And Andrew Fafita, good bench effort. He got barely any game time, I think, any half yeah. hour. 100 metres, scored a try. I think if we're going to look at a bench prop, that's the kind of guy you want. You don't want a Tim Grant. You don't want someone who just hits it up. You want a guy who offers a point of difference. Andrew Fafita's got a point of dif- difference. I'd stick Tarmow and Woods together, have Fafita as the only other one on the bench, and you can use Gallon and Hoffman, Bird, Watmow, these kind of guys, and Lewis and Rose. Why don't you pick players, three? You know? I'd pick Gallon. Tarmow and Woods, that's it. Yeah, well, for me, if you're going to go one more, it has to be for feeder. I like Because Gallon's going to play 80, and the other two will play 40 each. Yeah, but I still think for his own output, I'd like to see him released from that spot yeah. as well. I'd rotate him in as things. I just, we don't, we're not strong in that area. So pick your back rowers. We're strong in the back row. Use yeah. them, get them on the edges, run at Thurston and Cronk, try and tire them out. Um, 
I don't know. But that's why just, I, that's just my opinion. I'd start with. I don't know why we just keep picking guys that aren't ready. I like Tim Grant, he, I know he knocked Sim receiver over last year, but so what? Sim receiver's thirty six years old. And... Other than that, like we need we need dominant front rowers. I think Woods. You've got to give Woods a crack. He's been dominating the NRL week to week consistently. Um, other players out of this, Pete's no. Um, although I think he's a he's a good player. future player. Yeah, good player. Um, Tony the, Williams, no. That's the only thing I liked about. This game is in Cordner, Jackson, you know, these guys getting to play games and, you know, you got young Jackie White and Pete's, like you said, these are all guys that are good quality NRL players and very, very young and probably do have a future later on. But yeah. as far as the fixture in general, Laurie Daly, for me, killed the vibe weeks ago. As soon as he went on the NRL on Fox Show and pretty much said that he had 13 picked despite, uh, you know, what was going on and that Pierce was guaranteed if healthy. And on, on top of that, he was talking about the shark situation. He already had a plan B. So yeah. for me, he kind of killed this. But Well, Mateo, oh, Hoffman has to be picked. Mateo, oh, I'm waiting for him no. to step up in a rep game. He no. just got to do it. Fafida, not for me. Simon's obviously not. Cuthbertson, no. Michael Gordon, he I struggled. like Michael Gordon. He struggled that game. Um, he did struggle. So I guess it's going to be justified if they stick with Stewart. Iwate, for me, has to be on a wing. Idris, no. White, no. Uh, McManus, as you said, he's an option for us, but he's not going to be that breakout player. Maloney, I didn't think he stepped up no. to the level that I thought he would. He, he should get the job, though, purely, yeah, uh, uh, purely he, on the combination. I don't think he'll put Reynolds there, even though he played well, just because of the combination. I think yep. he'll give Pierce Maloney and, obviously, Jennings. So they've got some kind of solidarity there with an edge yep. of well, some sorts. But McCrone falls into the, I'm happy to get a rep jersey. Mm. Willie Mason, no, he's past it. Please don't. Ennis, obviously, again, passed it. Mm. Tolman, he's... he's he, had a he could go. do, he could do nothing more to get a spot, and he's, he's done it for the last two or three years. They won't pick Josh him Jackson, player of the future. Boy Corner, exactly player the same. Merrin has to be picked. Has he, to be picked. He was like Matt, I'd start him at lock. He was like Matt Lodge in the 20s, though. He had a good stint, and then yeah. was, for some reason was just... I know they got to look at players, Well, maybe, maybe it was a bit of that. He's going to be picked, get him off, and, which him, is smart. You know? You know? Um, Sam Williams, yeah. Didn't even get a game. He nah. got five, ten minutes at the end there. He might have just been one of the players, the only ones that picked up their phone last Sunday night and said, yes, I can play. Mm. Uh, Tarek Sims... Still, Obviously, yeah, he's still a work in, the, work in progress, but uh, well, on best had, form, he's, he's had in. major injuries, you know. You, yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't that's what I'm saying. But once he gets year, back to best form. Last year, when he barnstormed it and he was in good form, that's the time to pick him, and he got denied, and yeah. a week later, he breaks his leg. So. Well, the last two, Ryan James, he's a Gold Coast player. Not for me. No, um, not ready. There was a little bit of crap in his game as well. He was given facials, and, you know, Ryan, go out there, put your best foot forward. 12 months away. And he's got to prove it week to week for me. Like, he had two good games and everyone's saying, oh, he's going to play Origin, you know? Like, do it for a season. That's what we need. Alex McKinnon, I know you've got a good rap on him. Yeah, same um, deal, though. He's, he's a player of the future. He's been a junior rep. He's a solid player. Plenty yeah. of aggression. Like Tom Simons. I thought Tom Simons was good in his small stints. But these are all young guys. I, I like that principle of it. Yeah. But at the same time, the five best for me were Hoffman, Reynolds, Iwate, Marin, and Fafita. And surprise, surprise, three of them have already played Origin, so... I um, you know, I thought Tedesco was good. He was one that I thought. He he, I know he errors. made some errors, but yeah. you can't fault his effort. The kid bloody tries hard, and he was he was competing on everything. He was involved in everything. I, I liked it. He's well, a player of the future. You're not going to pick him this year. He's, he's fresh back from uh, ACL as well, so he's another one. That... And how's this? The Tigers, their number one is Tim Moulton, mm. right? So when the rep selectors ring through, they ring and say, "Can we have James Tedesco to play fullback?" Not mm. Tim Moulton. So, wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey, Mick Potter. Yeah. Put him back to fullback. 
I'm not going to go too much more into the numbers of that one. No. But those three players I mentioned, Hoffman, Uate, Merrin, I think they'll all get picked, and surprise, surprise, they'll three of the better ones. The only other two I'd look at are Reynolds, and he's not going to get looked at probably because of Maloney. And for me, I stick what I said before. Woods and Tarmel both got feet, offloads, big minutes. Then you roll for feeder in and move Gallon in tight, and then you roll Luke Lewis into the back row, and you can rotate your well, back We'll row talk about that next week when we name yeah. our sides. That's obviously all the fixtures we have for this weekend, so we'll have a look at some betting value with a generic gamblers section. Degenerate Gamblers section for this week. Uh, for me, kicking things off, I've only got two for this weekend. There's some pretty dicey odds around, to be honest. There's some pretty good odds and a few juicy ones, but for two safe bets, or for me, some pretty safe bets, I think that the Dragons, who are getting a 12.5 start at sixty. I know the Roosters have been in red-hot form, but I think everyone's already forgot that the Dragons are three on the trot, and Anzac Day is not generally a fixture that blows out. This is always a tight game, so... Twelve and a half started a dollar sixty. That, that's stealing money, as far as I'm concerned. And the other one, Parra and Penrith, uh, deadlocked at a dollar ninety. I know Parramatta's fallen over at the hurdle, but Penrith lose Mansour, Naguama. Uh, they've got some injuries. They've had to roll in Matt Robinson in the back row, and uh, obviously they're not in the greatest of form. Maybe the week off would have done them some good, but Parramatta they they can't stuff up again this week. This is surely got to win for them at a dollar ninety. Mm, well, I've gone with you. I, I, I like the Dragons with a start, as you said, Anzac Day. They've been playing well the last few weeks. They're coming off the back of three on the trot. I know the Roosters whacked the dogs last start. Uh, Roosters obviously have some injury concerns. Sonny Boo Williams pulling out of the test. So um, if he doesn't play, uh, although he's named, um, you know, that'll be an interesting game. They're at $1.60. So I'm going to roll that into South with 12.5 start at Brookvale Oval. Um, they've got a good record at Brookie. I don't know whether they, they can win, but I definitely don't think they're going to get blown out 13-plus by Manly. Um, the other one is Newcastle up on the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast were very, very, very lucky to win against Parramatta. Um, the Knights are a different beast to Parramatta. They're a much better side. Um, I know the Titans get uh, Dave Taylor back, but with 12 and a half start, they're $1.30. You roll those three into, into one another, you get the odds of $2.80. So that's what I'll be having a bit of cash on this weekend. Well, that's this week's Degenerate Gambler section. Hopefully you're popping champagne like a champion and not eating wheat bix and Sayos. So now we're going to move on to Mr. Gossip, as always, who's going to give us the inside word. And for a little bit of a point of difference for this week, due to a shortened podcast from the rep round, we've uh, got you guys on the page for the fan forum and you've asked us some questions or some topics you'd like us to talk about. So that'll be after Mr. Gossip before the wrap-up. So look forward to that. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And now you welcome back the mogul of anything to do with the inside word, Mr. Gossip. <laughs> How are we going, City Slicker? Uh, good. He comes up with a new intro for you every week. Mate, I tip. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I was grinning and bearing. I was thinking, what's he going to say this week? Mate, we, we tip country, remember? I only meet it over here, tip city. Yeah, my tips are going <laughs> sensation. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who I tipped out of uh, top Tonga. I think it was Tonga. Oh, mate. Uh, so we, we all jumped on the blue baggers and we all lost yeah. miserably. Uh, bloody hell. Good game, though. Yeah. Oh, Tonga were outstanding. But uh, what's, yeah. in the, what's in the pipeline, mate? What's cracking? Uh, 
well, we've got um, the Eels. Um, they look like they're going to sign Terence C.U.C. Or if you remember him, oh, he, wow. he played uh, <laughs> years ago. He's, um, he's currently playing bush footy somewhere. So it looks like the Eels are going to sign him and, and pretty quickly. He, he may even uh, put pen to paper later in the week and he'll be playing for the Eels um, this year for sure. Mate, he should stay at Bush for you. That's, 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 <laughs> about, that, that's about as far as I need to go as that. Uh, for those of you out there who never saw Terence CEC, he was a, a manly player. Uh, he, he had some bench time. Cronulla as well, I think. Yeah, he went to Cronulla afterwards, yeah. and uh, I think they figured it out pretty quickly as well. Uh, gets out of dummy half, pretty sharp sort of character, but not not awfully big. Definitely not someone I'd see in the NRL, but wow. Do, um, do you know whether Parramatta are having open trials for first grade spots, or I might go down and have a run? <laughs> I don't know, but they're getting their uh, frequent flyer mileage up because, as I mentioned last week, they went to the UK to sign um, Hock and Mossop and they've just agreed to terms, signed, sealed, delivered. So they're going to be at the Eels for the next two years, which uh, I can guarantee there's a couple of wenty players at the moment listening to this podcast slamming their head against the wall because it's crazy they've had to go all the way to England to to sign some players and not look in their own backyard. Um, I've got a really close friend who's a para fan, and I made a point of ringing him on the way home uh, tonight just to let him know, give him the inside scoop that they'd signed those uh, couple of pommies, and um, it was entertaining to hear his response, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, we, we, we put it on gossip, and a lot of Parramatta fans are happy, but uh, <sighs> I think they're just happy with anything, really. Mm. Now, like I said here before we got this all kicked off, they've... Uh, scoured every single club possible in the NRL and only Corey Norman's willing to come so they've thought you know what we can't get you on let's fly overseas no one's going to come here but yeah, exactly. uh, you know, Gareth Hock a couple of years ago awesome player but had a, had a spell out with cocaine he's a bit older now uh, 29 is, is a pretty late time period to become an adjustment to the Australian game he's, he's got plenty of aggro but I still don't think he fits in Mossop, I can see some benefit, but I don't think they're going to get it straight how away. Old is, how old is Mossop? Mossop's yeah. 24. Okay, so that that's that one I can sort of understand. But yeah, and you know, front rowers, front rowers usually peak around that time. He's yeah. starting to play international football, but the, the Hawk one, I, I did like him, but I, I think maybe it's just a bit late as far as age is concerned, but we'll, we'll wait and see how both those play out. Mate, are we getting any mail in terms of how much they're getting paid? Like, they're paying big dollars for these blokes, or are they... Mate, I'll do some fishing around so you can find out. Yeah, because uh, I mean, all that... I know is that it's big money. It's big money okay. is, is the word exact word I got. Yeah, so uh, you could get a, a decent twenties front row. I would have thought of the same ability for probably half the price. So, um, but yeah, that's that's just our opinion, I guess. Well, uh, the proof will be in the pudding anyway to see how he goes when he comes over. Oh, that's right. That's right. I also got, um, we all know now, Jamie Soud, Mr. Field Goal. He signed with the Panthers uh, a four-year deal. Now, there was some media outlet saying that it was oh, that was crazy money, like mm. it was 2.8, 3, 3.2, but oh, I hear it's much closer to 1.8. Now, I've got a lot of cranky Panther fans because, I mean, really, Jamie Soud, he's not the most popular player, and I, I think that's a little bit to do with his showboating after scoring tries and that crazy lead-up he does to his goal-kicking, but I'm sorry, Penrith fans, but he's better than anything he got at the moment, and... You look at the Dragons, they've just won three in a row, and if, if Stroud wasn't in that team, they wouldn't have won. So, and the fans suck it up uh, because he's, he's all you're going to get. Yeah, well, the only thing for me, I just hope Stroud uh, brings the footy he's played the last three weeks, which is good, uh, high-level football, and I hope that that just wasn't because he was trying to sell up a contract because before that, I was one of the people uh, 
flogging him with a whip every week, saying that he just looked disinterested as if he didn't care. And last year he had the old sad panda face and all year because Wayne had left. <laughs> but I'm really hoping that, that that last three weeks is a wake up to him, you know, what he can do when he really wants to play some footy. And I hope he brings it to Penrith with him. Yeah, I think the bloke's a goose, but he can play. Yeah. He's, yeah. Just, he's just one of those new, and we hear this term a lot these days, a confidence player, but he epitomises that sort of player, a confidence player. You know, he, he does something good in that first five minutes, look out because he's going to have a good game, but if he does something stupid, then he, he sulks and hides in the corner. Yeah, well, look, he, he's he been a, a pivotal half in a side that won, I think, three minor premierships, two minor premierships, two. won a competition. Yeah. Um, has played under Wayne Bennett. Obviously, he hasn't been in great form the last two years. Has played Origin. Um, and Gus and, uh, Gus and Ivan wouldn't be getting them there unless they had a plan for him. And and like you say, mate, he's better than what they've got. So, um, you know, again, it's similar to what we said about the Pommy boys for Para. The proof will be in the pudding. Um, judging by his results, because at the moment, what you've got, Penrith fans, they're not getting your results. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and when you we were just saying that um, Gus had a has a plan or have a plan for for Sal to get him across, I'm hearing that he he told Sal that Carney was was part of the makeup for next year. Unfortunately, on the other hand, I'm hearing that Carney is definitely going to stay at the Sharks. So I don't know whether um, Sal is going to be too unhappy with with, with Gus telling him that, that he's going to partner Carney because if you're a half and you're going to sign with a new club, that's one of the questions you're surely going to ask is you know, who's going to be my, my sparring partner. And if, if it's true and Gus has said, look, Carney's coming, and I'm hearing he's not, well, who knows what can happen from that. Mm. Yeah, well, I agree with you partly, but at the same time, I remember <laughs> reading that, you know, he wanted to stay at the Dragon, and I think you even have... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ...it up similar to what I'd heard and got the murmurs about that they did make him an offer, but his words were he was disgusted with what they thought he was worth. So at the Absolutely, same same yeah, time for Jamie Soward, at his stage in his career, 28-29, if, if it's going to put uh, pay the bills and it's going to be a bit of a challenge, this is maybe not, not exactly ideal, I suppose, but he, you know he's getting paid, he's going to a club, he's got an opportunity to step up and guide some young blokes around. And if Carney's not there, well, I guess he's just going to have to suck it up. Someone's got to pay the bills and Penner for his new employer, so... I, um, right. I, th- I think Penrith are going to give Carney a deal that he's going to struggle to um, knock back. That, that's just the feeling I get. I mean, the money they had in the coffers for um, Thurston, uh, if, you, if you say Soward's on 450, they were making a million-dollar play for, for Thurston. <laughs> so obviously they've got 550 there somewhere. Um, I don't think Carney will get 550 at the Sharks, so... Whether they bump it to six fifty, like it, it'll be. It won't be a matter of money um, for Carney staying at, at Cronulla. It'll be a, a matter yeah, of well, loyalty. You we've know? heard nine hundred from the Warriors or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah no, I, I think Penrith will make him the best offer, money wise. Uh, but it'll just be whether he wants to move, mate. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, my, my mail is a Carney Woolstar shark, as I mentioned, but 
My mail is that Slitty Matea may head to Penrith. Now, uh, I know he wants out of the Warriors desperately. He, he, he doesn't want to be there next year. And I'm hearing he's very keen to link up with uh, Cleary again. So how much is he going to cost? I'm not too sure. He's an up-and-down sort of player. Not, not one of my personal favourites. I don't have huge wraps on him. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he heads up at Penrith. Yeah, we had a yarn about him um, from the City Country game. You know, we were saying that it seems like every season he starts off either at 100 mile an hour or or really cold. And he always gets mentioned in that conversation of potential back row, potential utility for the Blues team. But he never really stamps his authority on a rep game. I've never seen him do it. Never seen him stamp his, his authority on a big NRL game, a finals game. Um, so I guess, again, it's going to be whether Penrith can get him on the cheap. If they can get him on the cheap, then it probably would be a good addition because you know he's got a, he's got a big upside, but you definitely wouldn't want to be paying overs for, for someone like him. No, absolutely. And, and usually when a player desperately wants out, you'll get him on the cheap. Yeah, so I think if that's the case, it's a good move for Penrith, I think. Yeah, for sure. That may turn him into a superstar again. I mean, he showed glimpses of that at Parramatta. Uh, but again, I think he's got a little bit of Jared Haynes syndrome and um, yeah, he just disappears in matches too often. Yeah, well, if they can pick him up on the rub if he really wants out, I don't think there's going to be too many other people throwing money at him, old poor Filetti. But uh, what else is in the pipeline, buddy? Yep. Um, mate, Widdop. Were you upset about Widdop going? <laughs> nah, mate, not upset at all. I, I thought I thought that would have been first cab off the rank tonight. <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't know whether to bring it up. I didn't know whether it was a touchy issue with you. Or... Uh... Mate, you can't you can't be too touchy when you still got the three best players in the game. Oh well, absolutely. And look, I'm, I'm hearing the only reason Widdop left basically is that they can use that money to to re-sign Dustin O'Neill, Matt Duffy, and Will Chambers. So um, you know, you do the maths. Uh, oh, well, for anyone out there who's a Melbourne fan, which I bet there's none of you, probably will hate me, but, you know, up, <laughs> get that one up. Yeah, they've got three kids there. They're all 20-somethings, as they've said today. That's the priority going forward. You want to hold on to those younger players. The, every one of them, really integral part. Uh, Duffy didn't play in the premiership, mind you, but O'Neill and Chambers, they're our centres going forward pretty much. Um, same deal as Duffy. Duffy's played for the Kiwis. They're all young. Widop, he's young. He's manufactured into a 5'8", but... I'm, I'm not going to be a death rider. I didn't say it. A lot of people jumped out and said it for me, but he's going to have to step up big time at the Dragons because they've lost Soward. Uh, Drinkwater's there. He still hasn't played. Fiend's too old, so they don't really have a halfback, and he's not going to have the same structure. He's not going to have those three players. So best of luck to him, and congrats on the cash, but uh, I still think we'll do fine manufacturing someone else into that six jumper without a problem. Yeah, well, the talk on the town last week was, who got the better deal? Was it the Panthers with Stout or was it the Dragons with Widdop? Now, I said, look, one of them watches his teammates win games and the other one wins games for his club. Yeah, it's, it's a fair comment. We we post we put that up on our Facebook page and it created a lot of debate. Um, for me, I feel as though I'm not going to judge Widdop until I see him play at the Dragons, but for me, I get the feeling that this is going to be the legacy that he leaves in terms of his career, you know? He's either going to be the bloke that um, rode on the coattails of the, of the big three, or he's going to be the guy that proved himself at another club, um, which doesn't have those, you know, depth in players or, you know, the quality of player is what Melbourne do. So, um, yeah, I, again, I think it'll be interesting to see how he goes next year. And like Louis said, like he, he probably does deserve a, he, he deserves a decent contract. Melbourne probably couldn't give it to him. So um, good on him for leaving and, and um, you know, the challenge is ahead for him. 
Yeah, the microscope will be on him, and yeah. let's hope for his sake that, that, that he does well. Yeah. Um, well, Mitchell Augustin, um, terrific player, I think, for the Roosters. Now, the Dragons offered him big money. Uh, he's the hardest to have the Roosters for another three years. Um, you rate him, boys? Or? Yeah, mate, yeah. I'm, I'm a massive fan of him. Massive, massive yeah. fan of him, man. Um, the last couple of years, I don't think Brian Smith really used him um, that effectively. I, I really would have liked to see him leave, to be honest with you, um, and and play as a starter somewhere else. I think he's a starting sort of quality player. Um, I, yeah. I was very surprised that he re-signed with the Roosters. Well, he was the start of the year they made the grand final. Uh, he hits holes yeah. like a bastard, yeah. runs 100 mile an hour, solid in defence, and just one of those typical tough players but also very skilled like he's a very polished back row and you know when I was looking at uh, when you put up about the Dragons getting on the coattails of that I thought him and Frizzell going forward with someone like Craig getting a bit older and freeing up Merrin a little bit more I thought you couldn't have two better blokes on your edges long term with uh, Orbo and uh, young Frizzell yeah, he's, a, he's a good player he reminds me of sort of a, a young Andrew Ryan when he, he can hit that hole and he's got great footwork for the line as well good player mm. Mitch Orbison so yeah, he's a dying breed of back rower, I feel. Um, he can pass. Yeah, yeah, as definitely. you say, he's got feed. He can offload. I think he's very, very underrated. Uh, the very key, underrated. key word for me with Mitch Orbison is just polished. There's not many bad things about Mitch Orbison's game. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. And, and congratulations to the Roosters and their unlimited salary cap to keep him there. <laughs> yeah, the good old brown, <laughs> brown paper bags. We, we, we do it at Melbourne too, but we like to well, keep two sets of books. I guess so. it's, probably, it's probably a victory for loyalty. So, like, that shows shows the sort of character that he is. He's he stayed loyal to the Roosters. So, I, I mean, he's been there for, yeah. you know, even when I was coming through the grades, that was 10, 12 years ago. He's been there forever. So, good on him for sticking with the club that um, brought him into grade. Yep. Well, speaking of loyalty, Reynolds, now he's re-signed with the Bulldogs. Um, a massive deal with, with for them. But, you know, I don't know about his form this year, boys. He looks like he's got a little bit of second-year syndrome. Mm. Yeah, well, I, uh, the first few games, I was like, wow, like for how bad they were going or things up and down. I looked at him and thought he's never going to lose that infectious energy. Like, still being a pest, up in everything, getting in everyone's face, running hard, scored a cracker of a try a couple of weeks in a row. But it seems like he's almost burned out. He, he tried for three weeks. It was like a, a Jack Russell running along going, come on, guys, come on, guys, play with me, play with me. And uh, the Jack Russell's gone to sleep in the corner. No, no one's followed him and... He, he's looked flat and he was going sideways and, yeah, he certainly died out. Yeah, he really, at the half, he really struggles to build pressure. I don't see him often getting repeat sets. Um, I don't know whether he's a victim of, of his inside man, whether, you know, Keating or Hodgkinson are, are just helping him out. But, yeah, like you said, he's looking tight, he's looking old. So, yeah. not good signs to Reynolds. Look, I think the, the first podcast, boys, I, I said that, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him with... Um, the other Reynolds in the halves, but mm. he's, he's far from that at the moment. Yeah. I, yeah, I think your first point, mate, you hit it on the head. He, he's not getting a lot of help from his nine. He's not getting a lot of help from his seven. So Not getting help from the forwards. Um, no, that, that too. And, I mean, they're, they're one and five. So, second-year syndrome. Let's get on to that. I, <laughs> I'm going I'm to write a book on that because it just seems like they these players that break out just fall in a heap and it happens more often than not so well, Adam Reynolds the, uh, the psychologist or um, yeah well Adam Reynolds is an exception <laughs> to the rule but the psychologist or the sports um, buddy medicine bloke that can work that out and um, come up with a solution will make millions because it's got to be you know if you've got a breakout player and uh, you're a coach you 
you'd be petrified for for uh, the second year that he's in grade. You know, I'm dumbfounded as to how it works. Whether mm. opposition coaches just work them out in the off season, I just I, yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Mm. Yeah, and the last one, boys, Joel Thompson. We we mentioned in the podcast last week that he was torn between the Dragons um, and the Raiders. Well, I heard that the, the deals were being were, were fairly similar, and they're both offering him about three hundred, three twenty. But he signed for four hundred k, four hundred k a year for three years with the Dragons. Good player, Joel Thompson, but I don't know. Is he is he is he, is he worth close to the half a million dollar mark? Nah, not not for mine. And I was down there. Yeah, good player, great in the twenties. Uh, lots of potential early on. Another thing I think mainly lots of niggles, lots of small injuries since he's come in. He's never really been able to get a starting spot, not not because he's not talented enough, but every time they seem to get him back into a match fitness or he gets himself back up, he seems to fall over with a small niggle, but 400,000, I think that's a, a bit rich. And the move, I'm not, I'm not really surprised. He's a newlywed, a uh, couple of kids, so down to Wollongong, the beach, a bit different setup to Canberra, probably a lot more uh, family environment, a bit more friendlier. So uh, not, I'm not really surprised on that one. Canberra's pretty chopped up with forwards at the moment anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Like you said, he's, he's got a young family. And I, I think it's fantastic he's made the decision. But I don't know. Like, like you said, he, he's, he's a centre, he's a back row, he's a this, he's a that. I, I just like to see him settle down in one position and focus on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's a good first grader. But 400 at, at this point in time for what he's been through, I still don't think 400's a, you know, even, even the three, around the three mark, I would have been thinking more 250. And I would have, yeah. um, I'll throw it back to you, you know, our first discussion regarding the Dragons and back rowers. I would have thrown a little bit more at Mitchell Orbison to secure Mitchell Orbison um, because I, I'd yeah. rate him much higher than Joel Thompson. And that's, Joel Thompson's got a huge upside. It's just, it's few and far between for him. So the sooner he gets consistency in his game, and that's probably his age as well, he's only a young fella, um, you know, the more, more he's going to be worth on the open market. But... Four hundred, good on him. He's cashed in. So. Yeah, well, good on him, I guess, but good for his family. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll chuck a quick one in there. You guys posted up. Congratulations to uh, two former teammates, Matt McIlrick and Paul Vaughan. They both re-signed for two years with the Raiders. Both uh, champion blokes, and Vaughan very close to a debut. I spoke to him today. It's his birthday, so happy birthday, big fella. <laughs> It's going yeah, on here. Yeah, it's been hijacked. Yeah, it's been hijacked. I've taken over. <laughs> uh, it's all good. We've all got an agenda. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. All right, well, we'll jump into our tips. We're back to the, the full round this week, so let's see which one of us bleeds. Uh, Thursday, absolutely stoked for this, heading down to Melbourne. We're going down to Melbourne. We're down there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. we're down there. We're going to go. We're gonna do the AFL and the NRL double. I'm going to make sure that Cameron <laughs> Smith gets my jug of blood. Yeah, and then we're going to drink about 18 schooners. So it's going to be a great, it'll be a great day down in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I'll have to put the pictures up on gossip, eh? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, well, Storm versus uh, the Warriors on Anzac Day. Usually a good game, but a bit sour today, seeing that Manu, Mannering, and Nielsen have all pulled out. Melbourne are $1.10. Uh, for me, I'm hoping going down that was going to be a good game, but now I'm just hoping to see a 50 0 bloodbath. So, Melbourne for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Storm. Um, even without those players withdrawing, I was going to tip the Storm. Until they lose, I'll just keep tipping them. 
Yeah, the old Warriors, they're, they're the hoodoo for the Storm, but I can't see them doing it this time around. I think the Storm will be too good. Oh, come on. Yeah, no, nah, not that <laughs> he's, he's with it. You've missed the earlier game. What have you done? Nah, mate, we're going back to it now. I've got to be okay. excited, all right? Yeah, Just leave yeah, it alone. You've gone off early, oh, as yeah. usual. <laughs> <laughs> I've blown a gasket. Uh, all right, well, back to the other one. The absolute cracker match, usually every single year. Plenty of uh, energy. Absolutely love here in the last post. It's the Roosters and the Dragons. Anzac Day. Uh, for me, I'm going I'm to get on the Roosters, but Sonny Bill coming back from what was, you know, I suppose an injury. I don't know whether that was just to skip out of the reps or what was oh, the shit. What, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was going on there. But uh, Roosters for me. But I've seen the line twelve and a half for the Dragons, a dollar sixty. That's stealing money. That they're not going to go down by more than ten. Not on Anzac Day. This is always a tough game. Yeah, the um, I think the Roosters owe the Dragons one because last year the uh, the Dragons pulled it out of the fire. I can remember watching that game. I was in Fiji actually drinking Fiji Gold, um, and I, I'm still scratching my head. I think that was a game of the season last year, the Roosters and the Dragons. So hopefully they can produce something just as good. I just on form. I mean the drubbing that the Roosters gave the Dogs. I have to stick with the Roosters. Yeah, mate. I, I've got. Uh interesting memories from last year I had a mate saying hey let's go to the Anzac game I got free tickets and I said yeah no worries we got there oh, and he no. handed me his Roosters membership I said what are you doing and he said oh, it, it'll get us in I said it's a Dragons home game you clown oh, so, no. <laughs> I would have went home I would have refused to go in oh mate so anyway, we had to watch it from the pub but anyway look like <laughs> the, Dragons, <laughs> the Dragons usually uh, have the water over the Roosters on the Anzac test but I think that'll all change and I'm going to go to the Roosters. Yep. Mm. All right, the lone Friday night game, going to be a cracker as well. Hopefully, Inglis is healthy. Uh, Eagles versus the Rabbits. Uh, this one, for me, I, I was kind of surprised again that the Rabbits, $2.30 to the Eagles, 160 But uh, Foreign, Cherry Evans, all these guys being in pretty good form. I am leaning slightly towards the Eagles, but at the same time, uh, it's only more because I'm not sure how healthy Greg Inglis is. So who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Eagles. Tipping the Eagles. I think Glenn Stewart's back as well. Um, so at Brookie, uh, I'll tip Manly. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, Inglis is on the injury cloud with the hip. I'm hearing Stewart won't play, but okay. um, yep. we'll, 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 we'll see about that. Who knows, he might be a late inclusion. Um, at Brookie, I think Manly would be too strong. If it was, if it was anywhere else, I'd tip the bunnies, but I'll go the home crowd advantage. I think this would be a real, like it's a bounce back game for the Rabbits because they, they obviously had that loss against the Storm. So it'd be interesting to see how they come out. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they won. Well, I've got to. I mean, they, they lost that big game against the Storm. They were at home. They had yeah. everything to gain. They lost that. Um, if they lose that as well, it's, it's not going to be good for their confidence. Mm. No, it's definitely not. There's a doubleheader on Saturday, kicking off with the Cowboys versus the Raiders. Raiders, no Shillington, no Papali. Like I said before, hopefully Big Vaughn getting a run in Kiwi, obviously. But Cowboys, for me, uh, even with the inconsistent form, they're still going to have a, a much stronger lineup. And Shillington Papali takes away from the meters. So, well, this was a real tough one to tip. Both the Saturday night games are. Um, I'm going to go to Cowboys just because the Raiders. Um, it's it's up at North Queensland, and they've had those couple of withdrawals. But the the patches that the draw the Raiders have, have played um, over the last couple of weeks, they've looked really good. But and then they fall asleep. So I'll just back the Cowboys um, to pull it out. Cowboys at home, they'll win, and I think they'll win quite easily. Okay. Mm, I'm with you on that one. Tigers Broncos. I know you've just said that you reckon that one's difficult, but for me. Uh, regardless of the rep period, Broncos look red hot. Sticking with them, Tigers look like they're just ready to fall on a heap any day now. Um, I don't mind 
the fact that uh, Benji Marshall's out. I think you saw that with New Zealand the other night. This is at Campbelltown. It'll be soggy, wet. Um, doesn't suit the Broncos, but um, I'll tip them just just on trust. I, I just want to see the Tigers improve a little. Yeah, I hope that people out of Campbelltown get out of this game because the last the last game they had at Campbelltown there was about five people there. So hopefully <laughs> they get out and support the boys. But um, yeah, I think that the Broncos are a bit too strong for them, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Another doubleheader on Sunday. The Titans host the Knights. Still missing. Uh, Caesar, Takarengi, a few other players. Not too sure. Uh, once again, another one of the tab, the Knights. Not favourites. Not surprised because the Titans have been in pretty decent form. But uh, even with that back row and Dave Taylor coming back, I'm going to back Newcastle to go out there and get the upset. Yeah, here we go again. The Titans fans are going to hate me. But, um, look, they were awful against Parramatta. And um, I'm not sure whether Caesar is going to play or not. Based on that form, the Knights were awful against Penrith. But I think the Knights have got more quality across the field, um, better coach, I'm going to tip the Knights. Well, I don't know, boys, I'll have to rewind the tape, but I think every time I've tipped the Titans, they've won. Come and, on. Um, oh, okay, I am, I'm tipping the Titans, I think yeah. I'll be too good for the Knights. The, the Knights just, to me, they're like the Cowboys, they just don't travel away from home. Um, the, 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 you know, they look terrible against the Panthers, and the Panthers were, were, were shithouse, and yet they could only score one try against them, so... And I think the Titans will get them and, and get them comfortably. I hope you're right, my friend. Mm. <laughs> Sharks versus the Dogs, the other one. Uh, this one for me was a pretty easy decision. I'm going to go to the Sharks. I really like oh! the... <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, I thought that Fafita, Graham, Gallon, Lewis, they all looked re-energised on the weekend, happy to be playing without any scrutiny. Rep jerseys, I think they'll come back with a smile on their face. And the Dogs just... Mm. So sideways, haven't been bending the line back, and they're walking into a team that loves to bash people in the forward. So at Shark Park, I'm going to go to the Sharkies. Did um, was Todd Carney named to play? Does anyone know? I think it's a pass his fitness test later in the week, but I don't think he'll play. But oh, uh, God, who knows? Look you know, for me, if Carney plays, they win. If Carney doesn't play, they lose. So I'm going to say that Carney probably won't play. I'm going to tip the Dogs just because yeah, I, I think, they've got to win. Yeah. Well, that's right. Regardless, I think the dogs will win, boys. He has been they'll named, sorry. He has been named. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, look, here, he'll, um, they'll do it for Uncle Todd, I think. <laughs> they'll do it for Uncle Todd. Toddy Greenberg. Farewell, Toddy Greenberg. They'll do it for Uncle Todd. He's leaving, so they'll do it for him. Uncle Toddy. Yeah, well, hopefully, Cousin Todd comes back and spits in their face. So let's see what happens with that one. <laughs> but, uh, moving, on, the dog. moving on to Monday night, shall we? The absolute cracker. The Battle of the West. <laughs> the one game you can go to and expect to see more missing teeth than at a 2 3 convention. Hey, <laughs> 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 I, I can oh, say that. I'm from the West. Yeah. You know? I, I live down here in Good. sunny old Penrith, but. Para versus the Eels, the battle of the toilet seat. Bring the A-League trophy down because that's the kind of form both these sides are in. Uh, Penrith started <laughs> off on fire, fell in a heap, uh, five in a row, gone down. Parramatta, two from four. They've chucked two of them out the window as far as I was concerned. Should have won the Tigers game but decided to play with 20 to go. And last week, well, that one, 99 ways to lose the game, make it 100, chalk it up. But for me, I'm going to go Para in this one. I know Penrith yeah. have made a couple of changes. Young Matty Moylan gets a debut and Matt Robinson back into the back row. But if Parramatta dropped this one, that's uh, you know that, that, that's serious concerns. Look, um, if I tip the Eels, my employers will sack me. Um, this is this is just the one. I've been at Penrith now for four years coaching, and you just hate the Eels. And I hope Penrith smash the Eels. 
tipping I'm tipping the Panthers. I hope they smash them. Just on, yeah, I don't know. And on, I've got my partner and my best mate, and they, they all go for para. I hope Penrith drill them. <laughs> well, I'm going to tip. I think the Panthers will win. I think Suey's a, a massive loss for Parramatta. Um, he gives so much impact off the bench, and he's probably their best best prop easily. So he's a big loss. Um, I like Moylan, the, the young uh, Panther uh, fullback, getting his first run. He's a, he's a good kid, good player. Um, yeah, it's good to see Wes Naguama not there because, Jesus Christ, I don't know <laughs> who, or, who or why... Gus signed him. He's just an arm grabber. He can't defend to save his life. So, you know, I think the, I think the Panthers will win. Okay, just an update on the scores. You're uh, you're on 35, Louis on 31, I'm on 28. So I'll hold on to the wooden spoon, but I'm telling you, I'll, I'll use it to whip myself and I'm coming good down the straight. <laughs> no, the only thing you'll be anything you'll be getting whipped in the forehead with is a thong. <laughs> Simmer down. Simmer down. Well, as always, mate, thanks a lot and uh, look forward to catching up with you next week. Yeah, no worries. Enjoy your trip to Melbourne, boys. It'll be a cracker. We'll uh, we'll get some photos up on uh, gossip and uh, and the fifth and last yeah. page and <laughs> share the love with everyone. Look, look out for me doing a nudie run on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, don't don't look. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not Samoa versus Tonga, boys. Don't go out there. No, you'll, you'll see my special tattoo if you look. Watch the game. <laughs> oh, great. Right. No, right, have fun, lads. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. See you, mate. Bye. As always, a big thank you to Mr. Gossip. You can catch him on Twitter at NRL Gossip and also go up to Facebook. Hit the search bar, type in NRL Gossip, and there's plenty of links on our fifth and last page if you're after him. Now we move on to a new thing for this week, why the shortened round is on, the fan forum. We're going to answer some of the questions you posted on the Facebook page. Alrighty then, onto this fan forum that we're going to run. We'll probably keep running this for the next few weeks, obviously. Oh, well, not for the next few weeks. For probably the rest of the year in shorter form once we've got the full round back on deck. But some of the ones you've got up on your page, Brock's got in front of him. We're going to run through some of them now. Alrighty, Marky Genders, he asks, are there too many teams in Sydney? Too many teams in Sydney? Well, you could probably make that point. Uh, a lot of them struggle with third-party deals and they tend to have to pay overs to get players, Where uh, unless you're the Roosters and you've got Uncle Nick handed out brown paper bags. But uh, places like Brisbane and the like, Canberra, a lot of them are a bit more segregated and don't struggle as much with third parties. So, yeah, there probably is a few too many in Sydney. I'm a big fan of the expansion. I'd really like to see the West Coast Pirates or another Brisbane team. Yeah, well, that and that would be my answer to this question. If the NRL is going to cap the amount of teams in the competition, then yes, there are too many teams in Sydney. They have to move some out. Mm. Um, if they're going to look at expansion... Have uh, to be outside New South Wales. Yeah, Sorry, I, Central I, Coast, but can't be in New South Wales. No, well, I, I, do, I do really agree with the fact that there should be a team on the Central Coast. If that's going to be the case, one of the New South Wales or the, or the Sydney teams needs to go. Um, and I think within the next two years, Cronulla are either going to fold or, or kick on. Um, and I think after that... Expansion will then be on the table. So Cronulla are going through some tough times at the moment. Well, they got that big money deal at the start of the year, though, didn't they? they that development. That yeah, well, yeah, but now they're saying that um, it's not going to be as, as fruitful as, as once thought. So, uh, you know, for me, Brisbane deserve a second team. We need to put a team in Perth. That's a no-brainer. Right. And we need to have a team on the Central Coast. West so, Coast Pirates get on that. Yeah, so I think if we lost one, 
Um, that that'd bring us down to, to fifteen. We then added three. We'd have eighteen. That's that's a nice number. That'd give us an extra game for the TV deal as well. Yeah, well, I think too many in Sydney, but I wouldn't be getting rid of any of them. I stick with the extra two. I'd like to see the West Coast Pirates and that Brisbane Bombers team. Yep. All right. Daniel Curry's asked us about our New South Wales team. Now we're going to do that next week. Um, but in short, probably the a lot of the selections that we've Laurie Daly's came out with so far, we. We sort of agree with some, oh. disagree with others. But next week, yeah. that's going to be a hot topic. That'll be one of the first things we Next week, we like we said, this week we want to get your thoughts on our, with our question, put your New South Wales teams up, but next week we'll say ours in full. Yeah. Uh, Matt Max, he said, talk about who the Broncos should sign to replace Corey Norman. Well, at this point in time, they've come out today, and I agree with what they've said. They've missed out on Widock. Uh, they've missed out on Soward, all these others. I'm not saying they would have went for him, nor would I, but... Uh, with, with what's going on, they're not willing to pay overs and they're also not in a rush. And that's why Brisbane are a club that's had results the way they have in the past. They don't buy spontaneously and they're not going to panic. And if they All do right. lose Hunt and Norman and they have to stick with Prince and Wallace for one more year to see if someone pops up, well then so be it. But even the Carney situation, with the kind of money that's been thrown around there, I don't think they're willing to pay that. And I, I do think they need somebody. I really do, but... Yeah. I don't think they're going to panic and they're going to stay strong. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that, that would have been my question to you. Like, what would you do next year? So, and I agree with you. It, at the moment, there aren't players, quality players out there on the market. They've um, got enough. Do, do they have good halves in their juniors, in the 20s? You're a 20s um, connoisseur. Well, they haven't been on the TV this year. Yeah, two, so, two new blokes I haven't even seen, okay. but... As far as Hunt wanting to leave, he's saying he'd leave for a starting role. No offence to Ben Hunt, he's not going to get a starting starting role. So if he goes to Newcastle, he's going back to Um, the exact same job. Corey Norman, he's not crumbling on the money. I think even with Prince and Wallace next year, they may lack depth in the halves, but they've got a good enough back row and back line to still make the eight. This was my next point. Um, Andrew McCulloch has improved out of sight. Could play six. No, I, I just think... Too good at you, nine, though. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is that they get more out of nine than what they have in the last couple of years. Oh, so I that's... think that's going to help their halves. How many um, times this year have I said that number two for the Queensland, number nine in my eyes, people say oh, that it's, it's not Matt Ballon, it's Andrew yeah, McCullough. Definitely. So, And he's only going to get better. So, um, uh, Matty Boy, I, I wouldn't panic. Um, no, there's enough it, they, they definitely have to sign someone. Scott Prince is, oh. is only going to be until the end of next year at best. I'm not um, saying that they don't have to sign somebody, but yeah. I agree with what they're doing. And you can't look, freak out. You can't buy what's not there. They don't, they're not going to buy what's not there, and yeah. they're not going to pay overs for Carney. So. And well, to replace Corey Norman at the moment, he's playing fullback. So they've got so, Josh yeah. Hoffman there to slot straight back in. They made excellent on the weekend yeah. in the test. They may not have a backup, but they're not going to panic. Awesome yeah. back rowers, good youngins always coming through, good back line. It's all sewed up. Even with those two in the halves next year, Wallace and Prince with McCulloch, they still make the eight. Yeah. All right, Brad Davis, he asked, do we really need a standalone weekend for Anzac Test and City Country? I like the standalone weekend purely, and this is, you know, coming from a fan perspective, but go ask a player. A lot of those club yeah. players, it's a ridiculous game. I, I know 20s, was it was pretty full on. I couldn't imagine doing NRL and the extra step up. Uh, the blokes of the reps obviously don't get a rest, but... It's still a decent gap. Most of them are going to get, uh, at minimum, at least the five-day turnaround. But go ask the players if they like the break, and I'm guaranteeing you they tell you they will. You know what, also? It extends the rugby league season by a week. Exactly, so that's um, even better. Now, look, put All it this way. I would love to see it, and I made this point on Facebook um, throughout the weekend. I think it was on Saturday. That I'd love to see the, the Australia versus New Zealand game on Anzac Day. Mm, same. Um, but apparently, um, I've, I've got a couple of messages on Facebook, private messages, that said that the RSL, it used to be on Anzac Day, and the RSL actually stepped in and said, look, you 
taken walking away. in on our in our territory. Yeah. So, um, which is fair enough because look at the well, there was talk that they were going to move it, have a game um, for the 100 years Gallipoli 2015 in Gallipoli. So that like that'd be huge. That's awesome. That'd be great. So. Um, I, th- I think it's good. It's it's a yeah. tough six weeks for One the players. Thing, you talk like about you said moving on the territory. I know, obviously Melbourne, the Dragons. I know, yeah. like we, I know you can't load up the whole day and take all the time away from it. But there still is fixtures on there. That, exactly. You know, so yeah, I'm still confused as to how that works. But um, yeah, but I think as you said, it's it's tough on the players, especially this, the first six weeks. I think you probably see the best high-intensity football apart from the finals. I'm telling you, after a long pre-season and you get to kind of around that round 9 to 11 period and those blokes go to origin and the guys at club in that monotonous stage, you know, where it's more about Mm. recovery and just doing ball work during the week, they ease up on the weights, you ease up on your fitness, you're just really refining things. They need a break at some point. I like it. I like the short... I don't like the short weeks as a fan, but as a player, go ask them. It's longevity. It makes them last. All right, Benny Stroney, he said, how good is Canberra? And the unbeaten run to win the premiership that is about to start. Well, and I, I replied, serious questions only, Benny. All yeah. right. Um, they've obviously improved, Ben, but um, they'll get beat this weekend by the Cowboys and your unbeaten run will be over. Oh. Um, he had another one, a serious one, David Smith. He wants us to talk about David Smith, obviously. Yeah. He's been in the news, uh, the plan for big screens, rides, kicks for cash. Um, is he the man to take the game forward? And do you think that those things will lift attendance? Well, on the Ray Hadley side of things, coming in on that one, he's an absolute dunce. And Dave, you should go back to banking, son. But uh, moving on from Ray Hadley, he's coming out today. He's done probably the smartest thing he could have done. He's a banker who doesn't even know anything about rugby league. He's been dropped in as the CEO. Can he do the job? Well, he's handled millions of dollars. Well, good on you. It's not the game of rugby league. You haven't run a club. They've done the smartest thing they could do. They've got the probably the best CEO in the game, Todd Greenberg. He's moved into a right man, uh, right-hand man role. He's going to probably have a lot more control and a lot more word in Dave Smith's ear, and they've obviously got Jim Doyle, who's ran the New Zealand Rugby League for a long time. Mm. Two of the best things he could have done, but at the same time, Todd Greenberg was initially offered to be the CEO. I think that would have been the option, but I think we're going to see a, a, a usurping of the throne. So was was Todd Greenberg taking that job, um, him saying that I regret not taking the job six months ago? I don't think so. I think they would have rolled out the red carpet big time. This time, uh, the shape that the game's in, not saying that uh, they're panicking too early about Smith, but I think they've kind of realised that you know that they I need... think Smith's good. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I think no. Smith's going to be good for the game, but I still he's not. He doesn't know football. No, that's why I look so at Greenberg. It's good that they've got Greenberg in. I think it's it's a perfect fit. Uh, in terms of the stuff that he's, he's come out and said, jumping castles, kicks for cash, uh, mate, how about blah, this? blah 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 blah. How about cheaper Penrith, tickets? How about, how about that? Penrith's done it for the last fifteen yeah, years. It does nothing. Um, cheaper and, tickets. And you're right. And. Uh, we should get our pop on the on the podcast because our, our pop he goes down to CUA Stadium, or Centibet Stadium at Penrith, and he whinges about the hot dogs, whinges about the pies, whinges about the coke, whinges about the chips. And to it's be fair. fair, we're probably just used to used to it. We've grown up with it. Yeah, um, he, he's he's from the old school where yeah. everyone used to go to the footy. It was cheap enough for everyone to go. Yeah, you could take but your own food. You could do all those yeah. kind of things. So now um, you get checked at the gate. You can't take anything in, which I know for security reasons, fair enough. But ticket prices are too expensive. If you've got young kids, you've got a mortgage, you've got bills to pay, yeah. people don't go. And for someone like me, I don't have children yet, but with Foxtel, I can sit at home. I don't spend you know, $20 just to get into a gate. Yeah. I can buy a case of beer, sit here, watch three games in a night. I don't have to spend bucks. 20 yeah. and do all that. I can pay 40 watch six hours of football, toilet right next to me, no, idi- <laughs> no idiots yelling in my ear. So yeah. that's, that's the argument right now. They need to make it more accessible money-wise. Yeah, Daniel Curry had one to sort of tie in um, with this question. He, he asked that... 
Um, why can the AFL get massive crowds to every game and the NRL can't? Membership. Um, there are some things that we can learn from them. And, and that's exactly right. And I think the process for that has started. I mean, probably five years ago, there was that big membership push. I know South Ooh. Sydney started at Russell Crowe and uh, Peter Holmes, of course, really pushed membership at South. I'll say this, and a lot of people don't really realise that they look at 10,000 or whatever now for a lot of them and think that's small. It's small in comparison to the AFL, but... Yeah. You look, at, you look at half of the clubs five years ago, none of them had over 10,000. There's yeah. only like Brisbane, Souths, the Bulldogs, a couple of these massive clubs. Uh, the big difference is, well, you've got to look at culture. You can't compare the two states. Melbourne has got that little sporting base where everything's kind of jammed together. Out in the west here and, and all around, we've got a kind of separate demographics. We're all kind of spaced out. We're crammed with teams. They're, they're a bit better uh, as far as space, organisation of mm. the sporting region down there. And memberships are cheaper. I've looked at an AFL membership. It's cheaper than rugby league, and they get offered more. So. Well, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I'm a member. I support Carlton in the AFL. I'm a member of Carlton. It costs me, I think, $45 because I don't attend 10 games. Mm. Never gone to an AFL game in my life. I'm a member of the Titans, and I'm a member of the Panthers, obviously, because we, we live out here. And um, I think the Penrith, the Panthers membership's good. Um, it's, it's value for money. Titans, not so much. You don't really get. I don't get much for my for my cash. Mm. Um, but at Penrith, I can get, you know, hat, lanyard, uh, you know, cheaper tickets, grand final tickets, finals tickets. I pay one hundred twenty five dollars, mm. and I can walk well, in the same game. thing again. It's all about cost. Um, yeah, they've got more numbers. They make it cheaper. Uh, different sporting culture down there. I, I'm not knocking it. I think we should be a lot more supportive and a lot more passionate. Not saying they are. But is but, it? You know what? We're, gonna, so we're going to Melbourne on Thursday, mm. and the difference between Sydney and Melbourne is public transport. Mm, big time. Trains, all that kind of in, stuff. in terms of getting but a game. Like I said, organisation of yeah. that little sporting quarters down there, you can hop from ground to ground. You can yeah. go to the MCG like we're going to be going, walk over to Amy Park, the yeah. tennis is there, Rod Laver, the trams, everything's well, better. And then Eddie, had, Eddie Had's probably yeah, well, two well, or three k's up the road. It's not very far at all. Organisation and memberships and cost. They've got a lot of numbers. They've got a big sporting region. It's better organised. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Luke Waskowski asked uh, about Todd Carney and Josh Dugan to Penrith. So, um, obviously, we heard about Todd Carney with Mr. Gossip. Josh Dugan, well, you know, the male I heard, and, you know, I, I don't hang around the first grade side, but is that, you know, obviously Penrith would be interested in him at the right price. Penrith aren't going to pay top dollar for uh, for Josh Dugan. No. Well, I, for me, and I'm they'd be mad one. if they did. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. If I'm Penrith, I'm inquiring to try and get him on the cheap. Yeah. Simple as that. I'm not paying the 600 that everyone else is trying to pay. Probably looking to give him a, a one-year deal or a two-year deal at the max to try and be the only one he gives him an offer. But from my perspective, I think he's going to have the rest of the year off, or if not, he'll go overseas. Yep. Uh, Timmy Bat, he asked, he saw an article on NRL.com about the Pacific Nations Cup. It was a good game on Saturday. Even maybe an All-Stars versus Australia and New Zealand, and maybe UK in a Four Nations comp kind of roll it all in as one. It's probably not a bad idea because yeah. uh, obviously standing on their own, Samoa and uh, Tonga probably wouldn't compete with those two, but maybe they could have it, like a, an Islander side or the Islander All-Stars and bring them together. Yeah. Even with the Kiwis, they could roll all three of them in and have like their own side. Imagine the side They should have the, like, the Indigenous All-Stars, the NRL All-Stars and have the Islander All-Stars. Yeah, Imagine have like a, a tri-series, let all the Aboriginal players 
come together as one, a pick from the islands, and then have all the Australians picked as in our And then you could even have a Europe team. You could have mm. France, Wales, England. Yeah, yeah. you can mix it up and have all-stars. Good idea. I think these are the type of things that the NRL need to look at in mm. terms of pushing our game I'm not forward. trying to go crazy and say that's a solution overnight, mm. but with the right planning, no. and they've got plenty of time to do it, they, these are all good things. All right, Johnny Atwood, he asks, more English players arriving in the NRL next year. Good for the international game. Good for England as an international side, but as far as the international game, I'm one of the people that beats down on it a lot, and I'll probably have to continue doing it, you know. There's not enough people playing rugby league in enough numbers in a lot of countries. I know people are pushing for this PNG bid. I'm sure they do love their rugby league over there, And but, I, you know, is, is there enough NRL standard players? Is there the facilities? The argument is we could go there and set up and try and make it so, but PNG, Fiji, Ireland, Scotland, a lot of these teams that play in the World Cup, uh, Italy, like they rely on the NRL players that come back and most of the time they're guys that are ex-Australians or guys that are never going to play for New South Wales or Queensland or, you know, been there, done that. So the international game, it's only getting better for England, New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, look, I love the fact more um, Pommy players are coming over to the NRL. I think it's great for the for the English game. Yeah, um, international as a whole. It's it's uh, Obviously, we've seen a, a huge, huge influx and increase in the amount of... Um, uh, Islanders, New Zealanders that are playing the NRL, playing in, in junior competitions. Uh, you know, if you compared from when we were playing yeah. to now, it, it's it's going up. Um, look, the, I think the international game at the moment it's not in great hands. But if you look at the generations that we're building, um, I think the international game is in great hands. Look, I think the most important um, element and the, probably the most important uh, participant that we need to look after is England. Um, because they're so far away. It's good to see France building. Um, I know Catalans are, are sort of improving in the Super League, which is good to see. We've seen Wales play in the Four Nations a couple of years ago. They they probably got bashed, but um, it's good to see them in there competing. So the more that more exposure that they can get to quality um, sides such as Australia, New Zealand, England, those lower sides, the easier it is for us to drag them up to that level. So I don't know. We'll see the World Cup. Um, I thought the last World Cup was great. I still think um, a lot of those nations they're rugby dominated. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying we we're, we're going to walk in and. Flip but now it we're team. getting we're getting our own house in order. The NRL, like I think, the sooner the NRL gets its house in order, the better the international game will be. The international game was good until Super League hit, and it sort of hit the rails. Didn't really recover during the um, the noughties. Um, yeah, I wasn't really old enough for the Super League era, but, but yeah, I mean some of the some of the Ashes tours and stuff that MG would talk about and, and Brandy and those guys, they were classic series. So um, you know, I think we can get back to that that point in time. Yeah, I think we're both agreeing that for international game, it, it's good, but mainly for England, it makes all three of us more powerful, more competitive. But all around, I still think there's a lot of work to do. Yep. Dean Sadler, more international fixtures, standalone games like Australia, New Zealand. England, France, Tonga, Samoa, PNG versus Fiji. So that probably ties into what mm. um, Tim had to say. Well, quick brush over that. I do like them all, but at the same time, uh, over in those kind of areas, they're hard to televise. They're not on at times that are suitable for us in Australia. And they, they disrupt the Super League comp, which is separate from the NRL comp. So, Well, I think you'd like, have to have it like soccer, wouldn't you? Where yeah, you'd have, have to have, have a, a weekend where all of them go on a hiatus. But at the yeah. same time, there's a lot of bodies, there's a lot of... Uh, in-house stuff and, you know, even England. England tend to bash France every time they play them. Scotland and Ireland generally end up having a good game, but once again, lower tier kind of sides. Fiji, PNG, probably a good game, but plenty of organisation. Uh, a lot of different times, TV-wise, it'd be, it'd be hard to uh, hard to keep track of that. Look, I think, I think the NRL competition could be shortened 
Um, I think the Super League competition could be shortened. It's ridiculously long over there um, to cater for something like this. And obviously, um, as the strength of the international game grows, uh, the demand for this is going to be bigger and bigger. So, Dean, I think you're on the right track. Just at the moment, the strength in those nations probably isn't as, as good as what it, it needs to be for it to happen. But it's definitely something that will happen if, if those uh, countries can improve and compete with the better nations for sure. Uh, Jared Hanessi, last question. Uh, players to watch from the under-20s origin match that aren't currently in the NRL. So I'll, I'll go. I, Matty Lodge, obviously. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Lodge from the Storm, Leisha. 17 years old. Michael Leisha, 19 from the Sharks. Who was Walker. the fullback for Queensland? Fullback for Queensland, Kurt Mann. Uh, Newcastle boy who's moved to Melbourne. He was a fullback who's now playing 5'8", so probably a guy who's likely to get a look at Widop's jersey. Um, you've obviously, oh, I can't say Milford, he's already played. Moses and Bye for Queensland, the 6 for the Bulldogs. He's a good player. Caleb Timu, back rower for the, the Queenslanders. He's a, a very good prospect for the Broncos. They've got big wraps on him. And uh, I think there's one who got hurt early on. A lot of people missed out on for the Dragons. Uh, Garvey, young young mm. Garvey. He's a hooker for them. Very crafty bloke. They've already got rain, and obviously they've got King hanging around. And Fiends played there. But for me, uh, he's someone I could definitely see going up to grade. Well, he only played, what? Two or three minutes, oh, he, didn't he? he? hurt his ankle straight But he was all right while he was even on the field. Like, yeah. he had an impact in the two or three minutes he was on the field. It was so. good, but, yeah, you've, you've seen uh, Lodgie, Cornish for the Raiders, the halfback, Dylan Walker, the centre for the Rabbitohs. There's a lot of positives out of that, but a lot of those guys, they're going to get top-scored contracts. Who goes on? That's a different story. Depends on the club, depends on the situation. I, even like, I like the six for New South Wales. Yeah, Brooks, Luke Brooks from the Tigers, but... Plenty of good Great young players, but like yeah. I said, yeah, they're the, probably the standouts, the, the main couple there that have probably already got top-scored contracts that haven't debuted, but keep your eyes out for those players. Um, Georgie Jennings as well, for the, for the guys that watch that 20s game. I know, I know, um, I, know I think Jared's a, Jared's a Panthers fan, so um, he's one to keep an eye out, eye out uh, for. And also Bryce Cartwright, he yeah. was 18th man for New South Wales. Um, good young he's been player. playing great, kicking goals and scoring plenty of tries, so... Uh, yeah, he'll be one to watch in the next couple of years for the Panthers. Yeah, well, that's all we have for this week's Fan Forum. Massive thank you to everyone who's chucked stuff up on the wall for us to talk about. We'll probably keep this one up, a, a nice quick-fire segment just to punch through the, the questions and give us your thoughts after you've had a listen. You know, Let us know what you thought, you agree or disagree, but always much appreciated. And that, for this week, wraps everything up, so let's head into the wrap-up. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Big thanks to everyone who chucks stuff up for the fan forum. That's something we're looking to continue throughout the year. So keep giving us some topics and questions that you want to hear about, and we'll do our best to answer those questions. Uh, a short round, thank God we get back to a full round this weekend after a disappointing attendance at the City Country. Let's hope the appointments of Jim Doyle and Todd Greenberg can help grow the game and bring those fixtures back to what they should be. But for now, as always, the podcast will be available on Podomatic and iTunes on Wednesday, so make sure you get onto that. If you want to communicate with us, get onto our Twitter, at 5th and Last. That's an N in the middle, the letter, not the word and. If you want to get us on the email, contact us at 5th and Last Podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, go up to the search bar, type in 5th and Last and get onto our page, post up on there, like us, share us with your friends and for another week, guys, that's us. Podomatic, iTunes, get onto it, listen to it, like it, and share it. Enjoy your football, guys. 
Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.